0: Okay, it looks like we are on the air. Sesh, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Maria, are you ready? Oh, yes. Well, in that case, five, four, three, two, one. Hello, all you tubers, Twitchers, and Pod people out there. Welcome to the Could You Do It Better podcast. We're filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and the -the behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh. And the writing and directing sensation known as Maria. Discuss popular television shows and movies and answer the always controversial question of, could you do it better? Today we will be discussing episode five of season one of Ryan Condal's House of the Dragon television series, based upon George R. R. Martin's novel, Fire and Blood. And as for me, I'm Jonathan the Intern, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I'm much like an engagement dancer. I dress up all pretty, only to flail, flail around like a deranged bird all night and have my skull pounded in on the dance floor by everyone forced to hear me blather on. And now, to Sesh and Maria. Woo! Poor intern. Oh, there is no sadness here. Uh, all right, well, hello everyone uh, uh we're gonna have uh actually a better episode to talk to you about today so that's uh that's fun and uh as always spoiler warning uh in this episode we'll be doing a detailed recap of episode five uh of the house of dragon tv series and so it'll contain spoilers throughout uh, if you haven't watched this episode and don't want to hear spoilers before you do please feel free to put us on mute as you watch the episode then re-watch our show afterwards, because that's how you double view counts. And now, on to the recap as mandated by our legal department. We open in a stunning view of the Vale, where we follow a young woman on horseback, who we learn is Damon's wife, not nearly as sheep-like in physique as she was described to be. After chastising him for a couple minutes, as any good wife does to her husband, Incredulously, this accomplished equestrian, and former rider of Rohan, somehow managed to spook her own horse, get thrown, and landed on by it paralyzing her, thereby making her the new Three-Eyed Raven and Queen of Restoros because she has stories. Oh, oh wait, no, wrong, wrong Game of Thrones show. And after insulting dang, angry Doctor Who's manhood, or lack thereof, one final time, he rocks her to death. <laughs> onto the high seas. With seasick King Viserys on the way to Corlys' castle, this dude just cannot win. Hey, look! The king needed a strong hand, and now he's got one! Yay! <laughs> oh, and I, I guess the scene just suddenly ended. Okay. Over to former Hand Otto, acting like a bratty teenager to his daughter the queen, for apparently not telling the king that his daughter was an incestuous back! <laughs> He gives her the fatherly wisdom that if she doesn't put her three-year-old son on the throne, Rhaenyra will kill her babies. (laughs) And back to the king and Rhaenyra on their way to Corlys. I I knew that five-second scene couldn't be over yet, only to be ignored upon arrival. That's more shade than Melisandre gave birth to. (laughs) And now, over to Alicent and Lord Strong's kid, having what looked to be awkward small talk until Mavis, doing his best auto-impression, suggests that Rhaenyra needed to take some morning-after tea with the subtlety of Cersei's walk of shame. (laughs) Jump cut to the beautiful interior design of Castle Driftmark. Corlys knows what he's doing. That's a very smooth, sanded-down wooden throne he's sitting on. We begin the dowry negotiations where the king offers Rhaenyra to Laenor in exchange that their firstborn child be named Targaryen. And that's it. It is readily apparent that Viserys is not a skilled negotiator or businessman, similar to how he is with, well, all other things. Strong takes a stiff drink as Viserys tries to find a place to lie down and possibly die. (laughs) Onto a romantic walk on the beach with talks of Greasy Goose, and Rhaenyra insinuating she wants an open relationship where they both are allowed to sleep with their uncles if they so choose. (laughs) Laenor hearts this idea. Rhaenys and Corlys have a positive, loving discussion about sexuality and female empowerment. they, they know this is Game of Thrones, right? Meanwhile, Lenor rolls in the grass with his boyfriend while Sir Criston proposes to Rhaenyra, only to be given the mistress friends with benefits treatment. Poor, heartbroken Sir Criston. We finally arrive back in King's Landing, where Elson, stroking her baby like Doctor Evil summons Sir Kristen to inquire whether her former BFF finally lost her V card. Kristen confirms he did, and wishes death over gelding. Allison is so confused, she's like, just go home, I guess? On to the king, getting leeched and waxing poetic about his legacy while his arm is sloughing off like a resurrected zombie. Drum beats, it's wedding time. Everyone is there, including Damon in a leather BDSM BDSM ensemble and Angry Doctor Who swagger. Wedding Crashing, a time-honored tradition. Viserys starts by giving the best speech he's had in, well, five episodes, only to be interrupted by the queen entering in a fierce green dress looking for blood. Exposition of bounds from the peanut gallery. The king calls for seven days of tournaments and partying ending in the royal wedding, as that's the earliest they could book the venue to get the DJ to arrive. I mean, what, what could possibly go wrong in seven days? Begin the engagement dance of dragons, which apparently just involves slapping your arms like birds. <laughs> Elsent is displeased and walks out. You know, there's one of those at every wedding. Lord Royce of the Vale accuses Damon of murder. Angry Doctor Who says, fake news, the veil's mine, I own it, I have lawyers. <laughs> Another stiff drink from Han Strong. <laughs> he might not make it through the end of this episode. <laughs> Flirty dancing between Damon and Lena Valerian, where he's over rocking the veil, and now onto polishing driftwood. Laner's boyfriend somehow makes assumptions about Rhaenyra and Sir Criston's relationship, despite there being hundreds of people there. Seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. And then, in the middle of the dance floor, Rhaenyra asks her uncle to slay all her Kingsguard, take her to Dragonstone, and marry her. Then they just are uh, about to kiss. Oh, screaming! <laughs> oh, oh, wait, no, sorry, that wasn't my brain. Uh, that was the show. Uh, it's a riot. Apparently, it's Sir Kristen deciding, you know what? I always wanted to punch a dude's face in. Why not this night of kisses? Well, glad we already put up that altar. On to the most depressing wedding ever <laughs> closed to the public and and Rhaenyra in tears, coupled with Sir Kristen attempting to kill himself in front of Rhaenyra's favorite Weirwood tree. Episode ends with Viserys passing out, Elson stopping Sir Kristen, and a rat having that sweet, sweet blood wine. This episode is brought to you by Never Foul Foods Catering. How much sweat and blood have you drenched the floor with trying to cook your family a royal feast, only for it to end in tears and people stomping out? Here at Never Foul Foods Catering, our goose is never greasy, and our duck is never undercooked. All our meats are free-range and locally sourced, and best of all, we do all the hunting for you, so you never have to risk being thrown off a horse and paralyzed getting it yourself. That's Never Fall Foods Catering, where our goose is worth the gander. Back to you, Sesh and Maria.
1: Yes! Oh, I almost died during that. That was too funny. Oh, gosh. Oh, good okay. times. Oh. Wow. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I have to thank Legal for that, that was, that was, that was hilarious. <laughs> they,
0: they know what they're doing, <laughs> even when I don't.
1: All right, so the first, and <laughs> the first question of the night is, why would they set up Damon's wife as a character we are interested in, only to kill her off so quickly? How would you have handled the scene? Um, let's begin with Sesh. Oh, my tea is hot. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So
2: the only other instantly likable character for me has been uh, Corliss. So I was impressed. They finally did it. They had like a regular game of the scene. And one quick parting conversation, we had fully got who she is, her relationships, and we instantly have two likable characters. Same scene. It's a good one. Uh, (laughs) That's some quality... some quality uh, interactions that we see from Game of Thrones um it's what I've been craving and We finally got it um I was excited to get to know them both better and in Games of Thrones fashion well tragedy so I'm uh <laughs> retracting the positive things I've said of Daemon so far we haven't seen him kill like this solely for his own benefit nowhere nor have we seen him uh, this is violent with an innocent person. I'm trying to recall if we have, I don't, can't really think of that. Um, he now has a distinct place in my character assessment. Uh, the one thing that really annoyed me was that there was an absolutely laziness in the execution. Get it? Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, man, like, he was nothing but lucky with how things played out unintentionally making her horse rear up like didn't do anything other than walk towards her and Mm -hmm. her being crushed and paralyzed what is that luck Mm -hmm. (laughs) like he was he also would have had to make things look like an accident and the perfect accident literally happened for his own goals the odds of that are just stupid unlikely, and, and we missed the chance of actually seeing him fight to the death and a battle of real snakes. Um, it was especially annoying after such a concisely well-done few moments. Um, having a scene utilize either like his or her bronze, our brains in fighting, I think would have been a much better ending to it.
1: You know, I, I agree with you. I'm gonna jump in. Like, um, I was so excited to see her. Uh, The scene, it frustrated me because, yeah, from the first breath of seeing Lady Rhea commanding on her horse, I liked her. I'm like, finally, this is a character I could get behind. Maybe she's going to vie for the throne or something. She has that commanding presence. She was a breath of fresh air, a personality I was interested in getting to know. And they built her up. They kept talking about her, dissing her, that kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, she must really be a character here. she seemed like she had a good head on her shoulders and a woman, like a woman who was used to running things. Then suddenly she sees Damon, realizes he wants to kill her, and then somehow manages to spook her own horse into basically killing her for him. What? <laughs> I mean, even in murdering, Damon is a wet blanket. They rob any scene from him where it looks like he actually does something i think they should have actually like you said showed damon hurting her horse maliciously in spite of a valiant fight uh and and then he outright kills her right now the way they shot it it looks like a mercy killing you know (laughs) like oh darn you're paralyzed i'll take care of it for you you know
0: (laughs) what yeah no absolutely i mean i i don't i don't get it myself like it's almost like the writers are bending over backwards uh, out of fear of making Damon a despised character. You know, it's simply not believable that a rider of the veil, you know, who's supposedly experts equestrians, uh, would be thrown off their horse without doing anything to spook it. You know, it also seems near impossible that a well-trained horse would spook that easily. So is Damon simply a misunderstood sad boy we should all pity? you know the most <laughs> unlucky man in all Westeros is that the character they're writing here you know in in my opinion the writers need to show some guts and have him do something that clearly shows he initiated the murder have him stab the horse or punch it or blow a horn in its face you know something you know then show him slowly walking over to the rock picking it up and asking her to beg for him to kill her you know something like that or you know if you wanted to go super dark and write him more like the mountain and i am already sorry to the entire viewing audience for bringing this up but have him then just like the mountain does in game of thrones sexually assault her paralyzed body that she can't fight off and have him <laughs> say see i finish you know and then laugh at her and stop the life out of her like that's how you make an actual villain. Like, this is just, this is just weak. A Game of weak. Thrones villain. Yeah,
2: yeah, a Game of Thrones villain. Yeah, evil. Um, I evil. I will say, though, I guess um, it's, uh, he's better lucky than good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get the lucky hat in this scene. It's like, just like won the lotto twice. Like.
0: Yeah. I don't like my wife. Oh, she's dead. Okay, cool.
2: <laughs> oh, the horse problem with her getting away? Sweet, I don't even
1: have to fight her. Like, How lucky could you be? Like, how intimidating could that cloak he was wearing have been? I mean, she knows her husband. She knows he's a loser. Like, why is she even that scared of him? Like, oh, you know, I'm on a horse. I have all my stuff. Bye. She could just just trot it away. Like, that was...
0: Hey, hey, it worked, (laughs) and I know what you did last summer,
1: so... All right, our next question. (laughs) What do you think of the dialogue in this episode? Were there particularly strong or weak scenes? Jonathan, I'll let you get started with
0: that one. All right. Um, overall, uh, I, I generally like the dialogue in this episode. Sure, there were moments of dialogue that featured cringeworthy exposition, uh, like the lines said by the wedding guests. But overall, I thought there were some outstanding interactions this episode. Um, the Corliss uh, heart-to-heart seemed real to me and definitely developed Reynas' character which is great because up till now they hadn't done anything with her, which is surprising considering they started the show on her. And I thought the uh, uh, Rhaenyra-Sir Criston conversation was very good as well, as they conveyed uh, the pain in his eyes, and he acted realistically when his proposal, made out of honor, was turned down and countered with a dishonorable one, requesting him being a willing mistress, (laughs) and and adulterer you know it took us five episodes but we got some realistic dialogue and character development in this one uh and it makes sense as this episode progressed the main storyline unlike the previous four episodes so more of this one please
1: sash what do you what do you think
2: yeah i uh for the most part i really liked it i actually only have like two moments of this whole episode where I didn't like the dialogue uh, for the most part. I thought it was the best done of the whole series, uh, This series of course, but yes. Um, everyone finally felt like they're speaking as they are in the Game of Thrones series and like that world and not just lazily written generic fantasy um, that it felt like the whole time so far. Um, my complaints are, it felt a little too weird when Damon was greeted by his wife just with her saying husband. <laughs> like, <laughs> even with the formality of the world and with the good delivery, I would have preferred she use his name and in the fully conniving tone, he calling her his wife. And we still would have gotten the point as the audience, but a little bit less heavy handed. And with a little one character beat at least would have been nice. Um, the other bit I found annoying. Even as a person who hasn't read the books and doesn't remember this, and so I need this little bit of information is when Alicent walks into the wedding dramatically with her new little friend of a court, and the new little uh, her friend uh, asks the other guy in the court, "Oh, you know what color the beacon is in the high tower when they <laughs> declare war?" He's like, "Yeah, dude, green." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know.
1: Like, was
2: awful. Cool um, I guy I would have liked the subtler comment, like, she's wearing her family's colors, dot, 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 instead of the Targaryen wedding color, colors. Um, mm-hmm. The implications of her dress and the lateness, of, it all would have made that same statement, but again, more cleverly done. Um, and I actually did want to bring up one other part I particularly liked was with Allison and her, well, with our queen and our ex-hand. Um, Their parting words I thought were really well done and like, oh, so it does there is actually war at stake here Rather than people just complaining like I actually really believed him when that was
1: his concern Right, and I I just want to say the king was wearing green, too, so (laughs) Anyway (laughs) Um, I actually thought a lot of dialogue was good and even interesting in this episode. I felt like there was finally starting to be nuance in the dialogue and therefore the characters. The only place I felt like the dialogue was heavy-handed was uh, with the son of the new hand. He was laying it on way too thick with the manipulation. The pressure Allison's father was putting on her to get her baby on the throne or be nice to Ray Ray basically told me that she should make sure she is nice to Rhaenyra as a toddler on the throne is an absurdity. I, I don't know if any one scene in particular stood out to me dialogue-wise as overall there was more nuance in the way the characters interacted. Um, albeit some of the nuance was ruined with too much repetition. Like,
0: <clears throat> Yeah, I, I mean, that's true. Like, How much better would even that one scene with the green dress been if like, the person just asked the question, like, Do you know what color, you know, they wear to signal war in Old Town? And the person just nodding, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't have to say, Green, like, we get it. Like, yeah,
1: I I feel like they don't trust the audience to pick up on things. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, we'll be subtle, but then we'll just make sure they know. In the next (laughs) scene, like, or even the same scene. It's like, we get it, we do. Um, All right. So the next question is, what would the title of your song, Honoring King Viserys, be? Um, Jonathan, you want to start
0: us off? You know, uh, it's, it's been done better by by someone else, but i I take a page from uh, Sum 41 on this one and go with, does this look infected? <laughs> Over my head, better off day. The Hell Dirge in D minor for lute and harpsichord.
1: <laughs> uh, for me, I, I would have an album first. It would be uh, The King That Never Was. That's his album, and then feature song <laughs> "Pieces of Me," <laughs> <laughs> or another smaller, lesser-known song, "The Hand" was just somebody that I used to know. <laughs> oh, that's good.
2: These are like really clever and punny. Yeah, I was just going immediately with like, oh, it'd just be like a Game of Thrones like musical version of like "Help,"
1: mm.
2: <laughs> or I mean the the classic, which could also be in the Game of Thrones music. Scoring. Um, down with the sickness? Hey, there you go. <laughs> <That's pretty good. laughs> All right,
1: to our next question. Um, the axe Queen Allison has to grind, is it justified? Um, I think I'll go ahead and start with this one. Uh, this has me a bit confused. I am not sure why she's enraged. Sir Kristen confirms to her that Ray, Ray was not lying and didn't sleep with her uncle, right? So her anger and distance after finding out doesn't quite jive to me. I'm, I could be missing saying something. Uh, I, I could see if she found out that she really did sleep with her uncle, how she would be totally betrayed and upset, but whether or not she slept with Sir Kristen has no bearing on the circumstances of her father being fired. So what's up with that?
0: Uh, so, so I actually went in a different direction with one. I'm, okay. I'm going to go with yes, uh, but the justification in many ways I feel is of her own making. Uh, it's clear, based on how the showrunners are portraying her, uh, and her being Alicent here, that she does care deeply for Rhaenyra, both as a friend and possibly as a romantic interest. I mean, they've hinted at that several times, so, you know. Uh,
1: Okay, I see what you're
0: saying here. You know, she she also feels very isolated in being queen while having what was her best friend lie to her, uh, and, in effect, the queen about her virtue and this is likely compounded by Nera lying about it on her mother's grave you know which... but she
1: didn't she didn't lie
0: about it technically <laughs> well t- well true exactly. true she said she said she didn't lose lose her virtue uh, you know, to I'm, to to so Damon
2: her evening,
0: so <laughs> that's right that's right well, i haven't done that yeah. <laughs> yeah Yeah yeah. Uh, you're saying between the hours of 6 p.m and 10 p.m? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I was just at the orgy. Yes. I wasn't participating in it. <laughs>
2: I try. <tried. laughs>
0: Despite
2: my best effort. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. hashtag# virginal at 10 pm. Um, and, and, oh gosh. <laughs> and, um, you know, plus getting back on track, maybe. <laughs> plus, you know, she's also deeply hurt, you know, by the resentment Rainera has, has shown her. So, based on those facts, I'd say yes, I do feel she's justified in being angry at Rainera and possibly even vengeful. And I think, let's face it, developmentally, She's still a teenager at this point, and I think most of us can recall high school or college BFFs devolving into fierce and bitter enemies over similar issues of, say, being given the cold shoulder, or left out, or lied to, or gossiped about, you know? And that that said, had Allison not made the choice to seduce Rainier's dad, yeah, this, this wouldn't have come to pass. So you know, she should realize Rainera is fully justified and absolutely and positively hating her guts. And hey, longstanding teenage dramas and soaps have made boatloads of money on this very principle. But, <laughs> you know, in all, uh, Elson's anger at Rainera is justified in my opinion, but everyone is to blame uh, uh, in this. It's, it's, it's not a one-sided thing at, at all here.
2: Yeah, I would say it's not one-sided. I would call it maybe um, High School of the Dragon.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the musical.
2: <laughs> to be fair, it is not high school drama, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're pulling from there, that, mm, yeah, I could see it. Okay, so I, I actually really get where she's coming from. Like, yes, it isn't all from her, um, but like... So obviously, she didn't choose and does not enjoy being with the king slash her best friend's dad, but she did her duty. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was always aware and pretty good at being delicate with Ray Ray about the whole thing um, and the unpleasantness of the situation. Uh, Ray Ray does not respect the sexist roles and duty of the woman in the realm and doesn't give her ex-friend much understanding for the situation. Uh, It's okay she wants to go against the grain when everything is so terrible for women of their world, but... It clearly frustrated um, Allison, who was living a life she hates while Ray is going out and acting in ways she would never. Um, in in the previous confrontation, I was a little confused by the anger at the incest. Uh, like, yes, you know we get it, but when cousins, uncles, and half brothers have been on the marriage table it kind of distracted from like the main reason Ray Ray's actions could have consequences with the sexists around women, princesses in particular being virgins and the issue of heirs and you know, all the risks that come with getting pregnant and you want to make sure you get the right heirs. Um, Her getting with anyone, even a knight in this world uh, is not seen as something for uh, something okay for Ray Ray to do. For confronting Ray Ray was, and in Allison's mind, the time for her to confide in a friend of the truth, whatever it was. And I think she would have been understanding in some ways, especially if Ray said it was something along the If she had mentioned something along the lines of like, I'm not as strong as you to put up with this life that you do and all the crap with it. Like if she had acknowledged what Allison is going through at all, um, but Ray chose to just lie. Um, especially frustrating, I'm sure, since it wasn't even with the demon the aspect that Alison was especially judgy about, like why not say it was, you know, with Cole, like she might've been able to understand getting with Cole, you know, like not Damon. And it really put the nail in the coffin for their relationship by like, her lying about all of it entirely. Um, like she hadn't had any choice. Alison hasn't had any choice in the matter either. Like with her real life, um, with the end of her friendship, like it was all just that lie. Um same with her relationship with the king. As far as she sees it, he fired slash banished her father because he lied, while also taking actions that show he believed her father with providing the tea. Like, he's really just the worst person for understanding anyone why anyone might be mad at him. But everyone who was pissed at the king is rightfully pissed at the king.
1: You guys make excellent points there. I I, I get it now. <laughs> well, you th- I see. Well, you, you
0: can still go with no. It's like she answered the truth. <laughs> I need
1: to. I need to assess how I think about things. <laughs> All right. Next question. and strengths of handling of the handling of the wedding scenes for you and could you do it better? Uh, what do you think, Sash?
2: Um, I was misled uh, with my high expectations by the time of the wedding. Um, this episode was pretty good. Um, I think I was expecting an assassin attempt maybe or something more political um, mm-hmm. than a passion murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that misleading us with Damon and Ray Passionately grabbing each other's faces in the middle of everything was weird mm-hmm. despite their corny secret conversation um, And it kind of distracted me I'd say and definitely kind of threw off what was happening that caused the chaos um, Like I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen the start of the chaos handled differently mm-hmm. Not necessarily more clear on what was happening, but just like just, just not that distraction Um but yeah, I just wanted to focus on something else rather than Damon about it <laughs> to eat her face. So, <laughs> oh, so uh, the <laughs> nine of kisses. Um, I mostly loved it. Uh, I love that he picked out Cole by the way Cole was especially just not watching the dance. That was really brilliant. Um, very well done. I do wish he hadn't went up to say anything. And I wish that, you know, before the climax of the wedding, that you know, uh, that was a a dumb way to stir things up. Um, like this was day one of a seven day wedding. Um, and it was right after he like pointedly pointed it out how they know a secret and how good that is for their situation. Like maybe sit on that secret for a better (laughs) time or allow for any reason to actually reveal that you know what that secret is, you know, like be smart about it for a minute. Um, Uh, I also would have liked to see more of the week-long wedding celebrations actually to go in the next episode, Um, especially with the drama and the conflict all being finally at a good place. Um, And for Damon showing up and so many characters all present. um, Yeah, I would have really liked to just see this actually extend a little bit longer. Um, The show is really bad at not just tying everything up by the end of the episode. Um, Like we finally have enough stuff to carry into the next episode, but there was No reason to have the wedding go bad so early other than maybe like fan expectations for the Game of Thrones weddings Um, This would have been really entertaining if it played out slower
1: Yeah, I mean I I thought there was tension building with the different conversations being held while Mm -hmm. not really high stakes it was still some form of tension However, the fighting and chaos was extremely confusing because it wasn't clear what instigated it. They did not show that visually. It almost mm-hmm. sounded like someone from outside the castle had come to wage war. Mm-hmm. But instead, all that chaos was Sir Kristen beating the Knight of Kisses face in. How was no one else murdered? Since this kind of crowd likes to randomly kill, where was security? I mean, where mm-hmm. was security for the prince and princess? They could have easily been shanked and no one would have known who did it. It all just was a mess visually and story-wise for me. I was liking the setting at first, but it just took such a random turn that it didn't really have a chance to build any drama because it was just too confusing. If Sir Kristen was upset by what the Knight said, it didn't make sense for him to attack him then and there, if to attack him even at all? And mm-hmm. like like you said, Sasha they that was an ex- a beautiful place to milk different elements of characters, extended a few a few episodes even. Like that's what that's for a wedding. Come on.
0: Yeah. By by the way, I think uh, security was there. They were the ones doing the beating of the faces. After.
1: Oh, oh, right. Instead, <laughs> instead of protecting. Instead of protecting
0: people. Yeah, faces. yeah. <laughs> Just like any good security. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think my, my entire thought process throughout the wedding scenes were, were, wow, what beautiful visuals, interspersed with a healthy dose of intrigue, same as you guys, and wait, wait, what? You know, I, uh, I'll say this. I think the director went, went on a limb here and, and I'll give them some, some props for it. I, I think uh, the director uh, uh, was going for visualizing the chaos making the viewer feel like they were right in the middle of it uh and the guest at the wedding where you don't necessarily know what's fully going on but you know it it wasn't good and everyone was in danger and i i think that's a brave choice i don't particularly like it for this because you know you're spending a lot of money on the visuals for the wedding like you know have that come through but you know i'll say that's a that's a brave choice that said a couple things really took me out of it as a viewer. Uh, the first was the dialogue which featured heavy doses of exposition from the guests, which we talked about before, like, Oh, you know, green being the color of war, you know, the whole conversation between, uh, Lenore and, uh, and, and the night of kisses, like it just, it, it, you know, it just followed, uh, but it just was an entirely ridiculous leap in logic, you know, that, that, that pushed the Knight of Kisses and Sir Kristen exchanges. And I think that, that's the main thing I have a problem with, is that it didn't seem natural. It seemed really, really, really pushed in a very condensed period of time, which, you know, logically, it, it just didn't make sense. And it certainly didn't make sense logically for Kristen's character to take that action, nor did it make sense for Joffrey to, to intuit Chris uh, and Rainier's relationship and then approach him about it. Uh, some of these scene, uh, scenes just, just seemed out of character in terms of, of that. Overall, in my opinion, something more needed to happen to sow these seeds of chaos. Now, to, to do that, Joffrey, um, who, who's the, the Knight of Kisses, he could, uh, maybe he could hear something. Or be close to an interaction between Rainera and mm-hmm. Sir Kristen. Or say he went over to Sir Kristen. He could have spoken in extremely vulgar terms about how all four of them will be having a go with one another in a perpetual orgy, <laughs> you know, and how exciting it's going to be. And to and,
1: make him angry,
0: yeah. Yeah, and Kristen well if
1: I well, think of something else too, they well, could have done.
0: Yeah, well yeah. well, not to make him angry, maybe because he thinks that, cool. that that he's in yeah. on it. Like, like everybody's, everybody's in on it, you know, and, and Kristen just completely loses it. Um, uh, Even screaming, you know, something like you will not dishonor the princess, you know, while, while, while punching his face in, because I mean, that's the whole thing. If we're talking about what motivates Sir Kristen, it's, it's honor, Mm. you know, and uh, there needed to be, to, to be a bit more on my end to logically make sense for that. Um, and, that makes
2: me of something. Once, once you're ready, I got a goodie here. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and the second the second thing I'm almost done was was that ridiculous scene between Damon and Rainera on the dance floor. I mean, what the <laughs> actual heck? I mean that 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 made so little sense for that to happen and, and in front of everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're just gonna start making out on the <laughs> dance floor, like like in the middle of the floor. Perfect. Perfect. You know. Perfect. No, it's just, it's just ridiculous, you know? Where was Sir Kristen to tell him to move along? <laughs> right? You know? Like, that's what I thought was happening. But, so,
2: perfect segue. Um, what I would have liked to have seen, actually, is the Night of Kisses actually theorized that it was Damon. Because that rumor, people don't know about.
0: Yeah.
2: That would have been yeah some extra drama there, mm-hmm. um, if that rumor had gotten out. Um, so that would have been nice to see something like that. Again, to have it play out a little bit more and leave something for next episode.
0: No, no, agreed. If he came up uh, to to Kristen going ahead and asking, like, so, you know, is is uh, is her suitor Damon going to be part of this as well, you know, and uh, he just loses his mind.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like right now, so we had to go, and, you know, um, eat her face in the middle of the dance floor because... <laughs> you know, they were going to kill off the one guy who could have figured out the rumor, So now (laughs) he needed to, you know, there had, he had to cause a rumor again, somehow.
1: (laughs) Poor King. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) So this is our, we're on to a new question. Uh, we're adding, it's called the bonus showrunner question. So the director, Claire Kilner, said that Damon was specifically written such that the viewer wouldn't know what is going on in his head at any point, including whether or not he purposely went to kill his wife. The showrunners also said this episode was meant to be Allison's coming out party. Do you feel the director and showrunners hit their marks? Jonathan, I think you want to start. With yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah, I can
0: go ahead and start with this one. Um, and for anybody who didn't see it, uh, these were after the uh, teaser for the next episode, and it was the behind-the-scenes portion. But the um, uh, the director and showrunner give some insight into their their uh, their decisions. Uh, so that's why we're going to talk about it. And with regard to Damon, in that effect, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, it definitely comes across that nobody knows what Damon is going to do, including the writers and directors. You know, they're they're not even on the same page. They were saying different things about it in, in, in the extras. But quite frankly, I think this makes for an extraordinarily poor character without some deep driving motivation. Without any major motivation, he's a rudderless character who can be written differently in every episode because... Oh, well, he's Damon. He can do anything. He's crazy, man. He's loco. You know, the problem is, this doesn't make for good writing, as he's basically nobody. And I'm not talking about Jack and Hagar, nobody, (laughs) but nobody, as in nobody anyone can identify with, as he's not made to be identified with. As Rene Descartes in verse twin would say, he doesn't think, therefore he isn't. (laughs) If we. If we compare to Game of Thrones, both Joffrey and Cersei were two characters who you never had any idea what they were going to do. But Joffrey was motivated by a sociopath mentality, and Cersei was motivated to do whatever it was she thought necessary to protect her family and the Lannister seat of power. Damon is just a walking storyboard point, and if and if that's the director's intention, then yes, they hit the nail on the head but I really don't think that's a character choice you ever want to aspire to. He's an awful character if that's really what they're going for. Give him something. Anything. As for Allison, I, I disagree. I can't say I saw this episode as a coming out party for her or showing her growth. She seemed to me like a teenager furious with an ex-best friend. Yes, she made the choice to purposely show up late to embarrass Rhaenyra and show dissatisfaction. But in my opinion, you don't get empowerment on expository dialogue like she's wearing green. That means war alone. Seeing her actually take charge of something and take a direct action would do that for me. You don't put on your power outfit and call yourself Cersei. You also have to blow up the set.
1: <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go next on this one. So, yeah, for... For Damon's character, I feel like to have unpredictability, there first needs to be a pattern of behavior, and then they diverge from it. But he doesn't have any pattern of behavior, so you can't be unpredictably unpredictable. It's just predictable. We know he's just never going to be the same, and that's not interesting. There's no character there. It's just uh, a figure. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's like, he doesn't, he's not written. He's just whatever the whim of the episode is, which is frustrating. And it doesn't let us like or hate the guy. It's just, oh, okay. He's got a smarmy attitude. That's the only thing that is consistent to some degree, but outside of that, um, yeah. for Allison, I agree with you completely, um she didn't show any strength outside of wearing a dress and yes she's standing taller and you know that's nice and yes she's looking upset okay (laughs) but there's no doesn't show her thought process her manipulating any situation her telling the king this is how it needs to be done nothing so she just still looks like, yeah, like a child. And it's, it's sad that they thought that's her coming out. That shows to me that she's never really going to show much strength if that is what they imagine her strength to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, the shocking thing. Is they said they wondered if the audience would pick up on the subtlety of her choosing green
1: as the color
0: of her dress
1: because it was super super subtle. Yeah, guys, this means war.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then and then saying immediately after that. How clear and obvious it is that she's finally grown into her own as the all powerful queen. And and it's like I, I think you reverse those, those those two based off of how you showed the yeah. the episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, it also okay. I just one last thing, it just doesn't yeah. make sense when if when her dad tells her either prepare your toddler son for the throne or be nice to Ray Ray, she decided to do neither of those things. Just kind of like, I'm just gonna I be mean- mad.
2: Yeah, like, I feel like we haven't seen it it yet. I'm going to do her bit first, uh, Mm -hmm. since we're on her. Um, So I don't think, yeah, she didn't do anything this, but in this episode, it felt like she was setting up the pieces. Like, for her, I'm looking forward to how clever and I expect likely cruel she will be. Her parting with her father was, I felt, pretty heartfelt and practical. Um, And (sighs) compounded by the lies of her friend, And the King going along with it um, without thinking of her at all once again, like just banishing one of her family members and, you know, stealing her from her best friend slash potential interests. Um, Yeah. She uh, hit a breaking point and like the King mentioned how he thinks he could have been made of tougher stuff if challenged. He's wrong. Um, But I think (laughs) we're going to maybe see that with her and I'm excited to, to see her have her new knight ally, ally, and uh, other secret allies that mostly nobody, and mostly that nobody will expect the things I think she'll do. Now, for David, I find it funny because now I feel like I know him better than ever. <laughs> Disappointingly evil. Like it seems like he used to actually uh, care for his mistress. And, you know, used to, but now has, like, diminishing love for his brother. Um, but really now it feels like other than just Ray Ray and their little gross coupling stuff, that that's that's going to happen sometime, guys. Um, it's not a will they, won't they. It's just when will they. Um, <laughs> uh, he really has nothing except his own personal gain as his goal. Like, there's really nothing else he cares about. Like, I think he did have a lot of potential potential. Um, to be maybe more of an anti-hero type uh, before, but this is not a chance now. Like, he's just very one-dimensional.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we're all in, a, in agreement. Like, I think, you know, if anything, this is what shows the importance of going ahead and mapping out your characters ahead of time, because... If there is one thing I have learned from, from from Maria and Sash, it's that you can't just show up to a pitch meeting going ahead and saying that- Are you talking bad about my pitch meeting? What? No, 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 I'm not. No, no, you, 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 can't just, you can't just show up at a meeting saying, oh, I have this crazy character, you know? And they ask you, okay, so what's, what's crazy about the character? And then you're like, oh, you know, he's just crazy. (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't come across. It's like, well, say his background. Oh, he doesn't have one. (laughs) Well, well, what's his motivation? No, no, he doesn't. That's a mystery. That's a mystery. Crazy, why is he, why is he evil?
2: We don't know, he is.
0: No, yeah, yeah, like, like that is, he's not, he's not even chaotic evil or chaotic neutral or chaotic good. He's just, he's, he's not even, he's barely chaotic. He's like he's like ripping chaotic.
2: Well who's this more evil? Him or the king? <laughs> the kings? Oh, I don't care if these swarms of people are dying. Oh I don't care if you're my daughter's best friend. Oh I don't care if you're my my wife's father. He's like <laughs> Would Damon do that? <laughs>
1: Would Damon do anything? That is what... <laughs>
0: other, than anything you... other than just Where's the four people? You, you make a great point. If they were trying to show a family where you have two brothers who clearly don't have a single brain cell between the
2: them. Biggest douchebags in the entire
0: land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, uh, let's see if we have any questions from our audience members at this time, uh, since we're about... Time for that looking at the different platforms we have Ah, no questions this week. All right.
2: I say that means you guys just picked some pretty good questions. Here we
0: go. Hey. <laughs> well, I shouldn't take credit for that. That's that's all Maria. So. <laughs> I can't take credit for anything on this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm an intern. Well, yeah, I'm an
1: intern. So, uh, Sesh,
2: do you want to start us off with the uh, ratings? Uh, yeah. Um, so, yep, I'm retroactively making all previous ratings, like, two to three, mm-hmm. and uh, wishing this episode was actually just episode two, maybe three, with um, all the lame time we've already spent on this series. Um, I'm calling this one a solid seven. Uh, my standards are high again for the series. Uh, this was <laughs> definitely the best episode. Um, so far, and this is the level of which I have been hoping for this entire time. Um, it's not perfect, no, but there's so little they did. That's like frustratingly bad. And really I'd say it's frustrating because it could have been some pretty easy fixes. Um, it's more that they just could have been better. Uh, I, I share on the concern that we're already jumping ahead in the future for next episode Mm -hmm. from the looks of things um all the drama and conflicts are gonna be stale all the plotting and intrigue is gonna be skipped over and we're just gonna see the results um i'm really hoping they can keep their stride but knowing another time jump is next i'm still not able to get my hopes up yeah
0: yeah, I I I am I'm I'm in agreement uh, uh there, you know skipping forward ten years. I mean again, that means we're right back to square one and you know we're having recasting of characters. Um and this is what, like the sixth major time skip in the series? We're we're six episodes in, I mean, yeah. It it, it it is. It makes no sense to me, especially because I'm in complete agreement. Overall, this was a much much, much better episode, uh, and, and this was definitely the best episode of, of the series. Uh, I, I, too should probably change my rating of episode two to a couple points lower. Like I, I just got excited because it was so much better than episode one, but you know, you know, there, you know, and i we'll be honest here. There were still major issues, uh, with this episode. Uh, both uh the wedding uh, and the scene in the veil um and some awful expository dialogue like like that shouldn't be there and and when game of thrones was was good you know when we were rating the show in the nines and tens you know uh, you didn't see any of that. So, so that's where we're trying to make the distinction. Like there's a difference between saying, Hey, this was a good episode. We liked it versus, Hey, this was a well-written, well-directed, you know, well-crafted episode. Um, and, uh, overall this episode, it was, it was a big step forward for me. Um, and I think you can definitely put this in the win column. I, I liked it. You know did I love it no did I think it was perfect no you know but I I liked it it was it was fun it was good it reminded me of game of Thrones you know and uh so I'm gonna give uh, this a solid B as well uh with a 7.5 out of 10 and uh, a hope that it builds off of this uh and is more true to form of what the series will be and and that's why it's so discouraging to see another time jump because I'm like they could have started the show right here. We would have been perfectly happy with it. Mm-hmm. And then they could have just ran it from here, showing showing intriguing things that happened. Like, this could be the series. I'm left again asking, what is this series about? Like, we finally got here and we're like, oh, I think we know what the series is about. And now it's again, it's like, well, we're going to relearn this next episode. So, confusing choices there.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, this was the first time in this, series that the cinematography matched the mood and matched the dialogue and the writing. It felt like it was cohesive. It felt like, oh, okay, this is, we're getting started. This is Game of Thrones light. And it's like, well, maybe they'll get stronger, which is an exciting thing. Um, but then obviously seeing the time skips and the, it looked like Dragon Daycare is is what we're, we're going for. Um, it was, that was disappointing, but yeah, I i wouldn't give it a seven but 6.5 for me was was this mainly because of the of the excessiveness of their subtlety (laughs) Um, (laughs) outside of that that, i did i did enjoy it and i i the wedding scene was definitely leaving me wishing they did it differently which was sad but at least they had a beautiful wedding scene at least i did feel like oh okay we're getting into the brand of this show how i felt so
0: yes oh and we have a comment from a bear unlv i like how the rats are a recurring theme in the episodes yeah yeah i will say the rats definitely have more character development than damon so far so
2: (laughs) i might be a little sad we're not still getting crabs I do think it's I like, interesting. I like the crab angle, you know, but <laughs> rats
1: will do. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that the rats are mainly only associated with the king, like when he's.
0: <laughs> yeah, that could be the problem. Like maybe he just has one who just keeps following him around, <laughs> you know, nibbling on him oh. here and there. We think it, we think it's the oh. throne, but really, <laughs> the rats. Oh. Really, really. You know
2: i have one thing i noticed that was really i i think it was another good thing i noticed in this and that made me think of it because he doesn't have dragons he has rats and i was like oh yeah i forgot to write this down there's the scene where he's getting seasick so he gets motion sickness there ain't no way he's riding a dragon like what kind of targaryen is he
1: you know what that's a really good point
2: yeah Yeah, i forgot to mention that And they did it well it just has implications that's how you do a scene
0: huh that that that's actually pretty good yeah yeah good call this
2: episode's all right they
0: did all right they definitely did all right uh so with that i think uh we have reached about our end point uh Uh, unless we have really about two minutes of time. So if anybody has a quick question, we can go ahead and answer that. Let's look one last question before the buzzer.
2: (laughs) What's going to happen in the future in (laughs) this next episode? See who's right.
0: (laughs) Oh, great episode. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, (laughs) again, uh, thanks for listening to the, uh, uh, to the end and, uh, you know, again, to everybody who, uh, Tunes in, listens to us. We we do. We really appreciate it, um, and uh, we really do this to not only entertain ourselves, but to <laughs> to, to entertain you as, as as well. I mean, I don't voluntarily go in that cage for nothing. <laughs> Actually, I do. It's... Oh well. But uh, thank you for joining us tonight. And, to tell people about that. <laughs> uh, I, I see. I see, I see HR going ahead and waving their hands over their head. It's, it's, every episode I get whipped, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's like
2: a very unexpected turn. I know.
0: I know. Uh, so we really appreciate your support. Hopefully we brought you some intelligent conversation and laps tonight. Uh, and if you like this show, uh, please like, share, subscribe, heart do all those nice <laughs> things and if all you yeah and if you if you hated the show uh, please make sure to like twice as as that really 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 shows in the metrics and uh we we definitely get the hint there uh, we'll make things different just for you just keep tuning in and the changes are coming uh <laughs> So bad news is that due to some scheduling conflicts, our next episode will actually be on Wednesday, September 28th at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Can't be helped. uh, So for you regular Monday listeners, uh, hopefully this change in date won't be too problematic for you. I know it's not quite day after water cooler. Oh, okay. talk, you know, but, uh, we're going to do it anyway. We just, uh, unfortunately, uh, can't, uh, can't make it.
1: Uh, we are interviewing a up and coming, uh, filmmaker and writer, uh, soon this Thursday evening. And we'll post that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That should be pretty fun. Uh, you can hear more people who aren't me talk <laughs> about, uh, uh, talk about, uh, what it's like, uh, uh, Writing and uh, their background, um, and uh, maybe they'll even answer uh, what they what they think they could have done better if uh, if they knew what they know now when they started out. Uh, so until next time, could you do it better?
1: <laughs>
0: All right, thanks everybody.
1: right oh I'll be there yay oh there was a question did the night action scene make sense oh we missed a question
0: oh did you stop recording
1: I did stop recording Uh, go ahead yeah
0: go ahead record
1: (laughs) Uh, record record. oh
0: it's
1: not working is it recording yeah it is recording yeah okay okay so so
0: so so we were faked out here (laughs) we're still we're oh, still right. live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a okay. question.
0: Somebody's going to have to fix this in post and put the question before.
1: From Rebel Warren, did the knight's actions make sense?
0: Oh, oh, for Sir Kristen. Uh, I'm guessing you're saying, uh, are, are you saying uh, Sir Kristen, uh, uh, Warren? Or are you saying um, the knight of, uh, uh, of kisses? Yes, so so I'm, I'm Sir guessing Sir Kristen, Kristen. Yeah. say this <laughs> well i mean I, I i ranted about it a little a little earlier um and i think most of us say based off of how they wrote the scene and what we saw i don't think i i know i'm speaking for everyone here i think pretty much all of us said said no it, it didn't based off of how they actually portrayed it um because kristen's character um they they've made him seem extremely honorable like even if he's deeply hurt even if he feels like shamed or dishonored by what the princess did it it seems in his character that there is no way whatsoever he would have acted and behaved like that you know even with the knight of kisses coming up to him that said i do believe that it is possible that they could have written it in a way where he would have snapped um, where he'd be he'd be beating up and killing the knight of kisses to quote unquote protect the princess's honor Um, Mm -hmm. and in the same way almost like he's trying to protect his honor in doing it and Mm -hmm. then just dropping even 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 more shame-filled actions there so that was that was my take on it I'd say no but it's possible it could have been a yes. I, I have heard that in the book they, they did this differently. So. Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, that would be interesting. I would be curious to know how that was. I, I think I, I pretty much agree. Like, it, it there was reason for it. That part made sense to me. But this is probably one of the main things I would have liked to have seen played out more and see a little bit more of the week-long celebration of this wedding um I would have really liked to see it be a boiling point I would have liked to see it be um something that was like nicked and picked at you know or maybe for over a few scenes um him just having a, a, an outrage fit really didn't fit in um and I think he kind of missed the message like we'll both be safe if we keep each other a secret I mean that's like it's not it's not quite a threat,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
2: Like I, I do see that he could see it as a threat, but it was just such a crazy kind of outburst to do. Um, and just in the middle of everything with everyone and it can still be so damaging. It just, it really would have been nice to have that play out some more. Um, and the way again was like the editing, it made it very strange because they left you know, them off in the corner when we last saw them, like by the pillar away from all the dancing and everything. And then we have a good amount of time and they are just both suddenly in the middle. Like, I feel like there would have been some kind of lead up to the, to cold the night, you know, storming through the dancing crowd to go kill this guy. And there wasn't any of that. It was very sudden and placement wise of where people were. I think they did a really good job establishing that until the scene, and then it didn't make sense. Like, it didn't add, like, a good layer of com- uh, chaos to the scene. It was just more confusing. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that's, yeah, the start of that, yeah, and- the reason for it, and then just, yeah, they could have really played it out a lot better if they let it ride a
1: little bit. Yeah, and, and Rebel Warren was saying that in the books, he killed him during a tourney, which makes sense for his character because he's doing it in an honorable way. Like, oh okay. really. yeah no that's way better that's absolutely I so mean, it's much better and there's the still
2: he's like even them. just maybe the queen could have also noticed how like he was particularly not watching the dance and oh he might not be happy about how things are playing out and mm-hmm. she still could have had him as an ally like it doesn't actually change any plot point yeah, yeah. i would see it that way and we've seen yeah. how good he is at that too so would have made a lot more sense yeah
1: all right, so if there aren't any other... Oh, here, I think we have another message. They just wanted to do a red wedding
0: scene. Yeah.
1: But did yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> Not even as good as the, what was it called, the purple wedding?
0: Yeah. Yeah, purple wedding was pretty good.
1: I mean, the red... Wedding... was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, to, to talk about the red wedding scene, I mean, it was just so... <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> All I mean it. it built up his pride and his ego and now suddenly his head is on a spike and they're dancing around. Oh, look at the great wolf, you know, that kind of thing. It's oh, that it's was so powerful. Good. There yeah. was no character getting their gettins
0: <laughs>
1: that yeah, made like, us I'm sorry, you know, mate kisses didn't it deserve it. No, <laughs> like, definitely not big, you know, there was no come there was no poetry to the events there. So it didn't it didn't yeah. hit.
2: Yeah, I made this one guy mad a minute ago.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you uh, for the questions and uh, for watching Rebel Warren. We appreciate it. And uh, again, uh, yeah, to uh, to everybody else out there who's been listening, uh, joining us again. Deeply appreciate it. I'm not going to do the full outro again. But (laughs) again, uh, due to scheduling conflicts, our next episode uh, will be live on Wednesday, September 28th at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern time. We can't do it Monday. So Wednesday uh, next week. And uh, hope to see you all there. And until next time, could you do it better?
1: (laughs) <laughs> Thanks you guys. Right. <laughs>